0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Five from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Vanderbree from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Today, we officially hit the mid-40s. At number 45, we're talking about Hawthorne, midfielder. James Warple. We had him on yesterday. He did such a good job that we just had to get him back to talk about James Warple. I'm talking about co-founder Rids is back on the podcast. Hello, mate.
1: Hey, hey come, mate? Sorry oh, about mate. yesterday. I was a little bit rusty after being out for a good year or so. Mate, it's totally fine. No problems whatsoever.
0: But we got to talk about James Warple. He is just the 23 years of age. He is a midfield eligible Hawk. In 2022, well, I don't know what you want to call that year, but an 88 was his top score last year in AFL fantasy. It was the same in Supercoach, but it was against the Port Adelaide Football Club. These scores that are quote unquote top scores hail anywhere near what he's done previously back in 2019. A 134 against the Gold Coast Suns in AFL fantasy and dream team and a 149 against the Kangaroos fifth super coach also. In 2019. He averaged 52.3 in Fantasy and Dream Team and 56.2 in Supercoach. Because of such a down season based off what he'd done in 2019 and 2020, he is dirt cheap. Just the $309,300 in Supercoach, just a touch over 460 k in AFL Fantasy and $474,500 in Dream Team. Rids. Sometimes a player breaks out of nowhere, and that's what Warple did in his second season. He hit that incredible breakout territories of Oliver's, Fife's, McRae's, even a Toronto. However, pretty much since then, it's been a gradual downhill slide for James Warple, but maybe it
1: changes in 2023. I tell you what though, mate, like no matter what happens with James Warple, he is priced so well you got to really think about it, don't you? You just, you have to seriously go, you know, if you get him, he's priced so cheaply that you can actually look at a different kind of premium. you like, what does it do for your makeup of your size? And I'm not talking about from starting, I'm talking about at any stage through the year, mm-hmm. if you feel like you've seen enough and he's ready to go back to that 2019 guy, Oh my God, he's going to be relevant either way, isn't he?
0: Oh, I think that's really good point. Let, let's dive into that 2019 season. Of course, the catalyst that really forced him to really step up into that Hawthorne midfield was the broken leg to Tom Mitchell. He ended up becoming a club best and fairest that year, and he stepped up 26.5 possessions, 3.3 marks, 5 Tackles and even stated himself ten brown low vits in his second year. From a fantasy perspective, here's what it looked like this 2019 year: a 96.7 in fantasy and dream team, ten tons, including a 126 and that career high 134 that I alluded to earlier. On top of that eight additional scores, 85 plus. In Coach. he averaged 97 and scored eight tons, including six consecutive tons from around 17 through to 22, and he also had nine additional scores between 85 and 99. While then, three full pre-seasons and three full seasons of past reads, I think some people just look at 2019 as this mythical unicorn year that it only happened once and was never great after that, but in 2020, in the kind of shortened quarter-affected games, he still averaged 88 in Supercoach and a 77 in Dream Team and Fantasy, but that was when we were losing quarters. So if you wanted to play the adjusted averages game to get an understanding of what that 77 was, that's actually in the high 90s, and we're seeing multiple 80s, 90s, even pure hundreds in AFL fantasy and Dream Team, and a 102 or 117, a 133 in SuperCoach. So to think that he's just a one-season wonder, it's actually
1: factually not true. And I think I think that's a hundred percent correct. And I think you were very, very. um I liked how you explained it with the Tom Mitchell broken leg before, um, and this off-season. Um, we see that Sam Mitchell has put a bit of a stamp on this team. We've moved some yeah. um, very established midfielders out. Um, we're seeing guys like um, Liam Shield, we're seeing guys like Tom Mitchell, Jay Mira. The list just goes on and on. Jack Dunstan goes up. This means opportunity opportunity yeah, to become, well, not so much the number one, but you know, establish yourself as the number one rotation, at least in the midfield which he did in those years that you talked about in 2019 and 2020. So it's actually got a strong correlation there where it's not without the realms of possibilities that he does establish himself and he does go back to that form. So, and I know that we might be clutching a little bit at straws because of last year was such a, like, I I can't explain it. I know we've tried looking (laughs) to see if there's anything that jumps out to us. It was just a poor year. Like, no matter what happened, who knows what happens, you know, with this time, there's COVID, there's fitness issues, there could be anything. Who knows? 100 has played a part in his um, not-so-good year last year. But that means he, you've got to actually go back. And start looking at it. Well, why would Sam Mitchell move out Tom Mitchell, Jager, O'Meara, and so on and so forth, and keep James Warple after that year? So he must have some sort of belief that Warple is one of their main guys in the midfield, you know? They only brought in Cooper Stevens, I think, uh, you know, that's about it. And then yeah. they've got kids across the board. It's not like they went out and got four or five really... Well, Carl
0: Amon's up- a wingman, let's be honest, too. Like, yeah, he's, he's not, not
1: going really to play an inside side. mid. No, exactly no. right. So you look and at that so, midfield. Yeah, you're right. And if you go back to that season in 2019, if you have a look at it and just break it down from possessions, like you can see there's... I don't think he went under 20 possessions in a game for the whole year in 2019 not one game for the whole season he didn't go under 20 possessions and like i mean i think there was only four times last year he got over 20 possessions (laughs) like so it's chalk and cheese really isn't it shows you anything you just got to jump on because as i say it's really what does that money allow you to do elsewhere in your team having a player like him at a M6 or or even an M5,
0: it, and that all depends on your structures where you could be running super deep in another line or you could be uh, spending up on the bigger end premium midfielders to be able to get all the captaincy considerations at the start. All of these things, you're right, do start to land together. I think there are three reasons people are excited about um, James Warple. One is around there's proven ability to score as a fantasy option. So that's number one. Number two is there's opportunity that is there. Omit, You know, Omira Mitchell gone. And really outside of Newcomb and Dylan Moore, it's guys like Ward, Long, McDonald, McKenzie, who they've recently drafted. Maybe a Sarong could get in there. And from an experience perspective, looking at that list, There are only seven players with more AFL experience than James Walpole on this list. Amon, Bruce, Wingard, Sicily, Impey, Hardwick, and Frost. And so you talk about this vacuum of leadership and experience in this midfield. Man, is there an opportunity for him to step up? And lastly, the value. Because of such a poor season, which I want to unpack with you in just a second, Ritz, is we've got potentially 40 points per game of value on what he did in 2020 and 2019 in AFL Fantasy and at least 20 points of upside in Super Coach. at least. Um, I think and it's that's more been, than that. It's probably closer it's to 35, 40.
1: I think it yeah. could be pushing 35, yeah, across all of them. I think that's how stupid this is. Like, If he shows any resemblance of his older form, and we're talking 90s, yeah? Like, yes. like, yeah, and we're being very conservative. Like, we're talking just say at the bare minimum high like, 80s. Let's do with that. Okay? yeah, sure. Supercoach, he's priced at 55.
0: Yeah, so he's 100k more than
1: Ashcroft, <laughs> you know. So, 85, even if he goes at 85 in supercoach, and we know he's mid to high 90s at, you know best of Ferris year in 2019, right. that's a lot, you know. If you look at Dream Team and AF, he's only priced in low for 50. Yeah. Like if he can even squeeze 80, we're talking 30 points. That is crazy money. It's it's
0: value is the name of the game, and it helps he he's probably not someone you're planning to hold into your side through to the end of the season. And he doesn't have to be to make it a worthwhile selection. Out of curiosity, he does share the round 14 buy, which could be really important uh, if you're looking to target some of the round 12 or round 13 teams that are coming off a buy. So maybe it could be you're looking for one of the Suns or Cats midfield guns. He could be your perfect way to get into a Took Miller onto the run home, for example. But th- there's a lot of upsides here. I-, I think the big question mark we still need to put around him – Rids is the fact is there was the need and the opportunity still last year because outside of John Newcomb and Tom Mitchell before getting dropped um at the middle portion of the year and he spent a few weeks in the VFL before he injured his shoulder and missed the end of the year, he was outside of Newcomb and Mitchell. He was still the third leading center bounce attendance for a midfielder in the Hawthorne Football Club. So, Even though there is the opportunity there, both from an experience gap, but also from a skills point perspective to support what they've got, just because the opportunity presents itself doesn't mean necessarily he'll take it and run with it. Because last year, he didn't. Now, he should have every opportunity this year, but just because you can or you should doesn't mean you will.
1: Of course, but I mean, how many times through every year? And I mean, I've been playing for the better part of thirty years in this game. Mm. Like, it's crazy. How many times do we go? Oh, yeah, you don't, you you know, you don't plan to hold him for the year or anything else. We were saying this about James Sicily last year. Remember? Yeah, Patrick Cripps. I think no one would have been thinking. Oh, well, he's a season-long keeper after his years prior. There's always one or two or three of these guys that jump out and they, at worst, it's an M8 position. If James Waffle does go at 85-90 for the season, okay, why not? Why not be a season-long M8? I'm not saying plan for hurt. I'm just sure. saying why not? Sometimes injuries happen that you use trades that you don't want to, you know, Um, AF, it's a little bit easier because it's use them, lose them type scenario. But why not? Why not just go, you know what, I'm not going to think too much about this. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. This guy is representing 30 plus points value in my eyes. And it doesn't mean that you have to start them, MJ, as we've been saying for a while now, does it? You can actually just go, you know what, I'm going to keep him in my little watch list. I'm just going to see how he goes week round one, round two, round three. And I'm just going to jump on him if he does something that says to me he's going to get absolutely back to where he was a few years ago. And he doesn't even need to, though. That's the main thing about this. Even an 80 is enough. Yeah. Well, an 80 is massive. And you're still going to generate over 100, 150, 200,000, you know. And then you just move him on at the bye. It's and he's definitely best twenty-two, yeah. Like this, he I don't be. think he should be I don't yeah. I don't see who replaces him. Like last year they were giving him games when I thought earlier on the season, like that St Kilda game in round mm. four last year. I I can't explain how anyone can play a full game of football with five possessions playing as an inside in middle mid so. Yeah, Like yeah. so there's something not quite right there last year. But he came back and he played the week after. Like, I mean, and he, he didn't do... Like, I know he started in the vest the week after and he came sure. on. But the thing is, he wasn't dropped. Like, I mean, sometimes people, if you're out of favour, you go back to the VFL and you find your touch.
0: Yeah, which that he did. Happen. And he worked his way back. Well, he did in the, uh, from round 10 onwards. But he did find yeah, his yeah. way back. So I, I think you're right.
1: They gave him plenty of opportunities. Like, yeah, I mean, did months. he? He didn't miss a game up till round 10. Yeah, And then, I mean, something's obviously not quite right there. They've then tried to blood a few bit of youth. There was a few yeah. reasons why they would have possibly done it. They've gone, you know what, We may, maybe there is an internal reason that we, no one's aware of. And 100%. they've just gone, you know what, we're going to take a bit of slack off this guy because he's pushing it. You know, he's pushing the proverbial uphill. Let's yeah. just give him a bit of time off. Let's let him go back. Let him find his feet. Who knows what it is? Because when no. he came back in round 15 against the Western Bulldogs, he did have 25 disposals. Correct. This like, so I mean, probably his best game of the year, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is something there. There's, I just don't know whether it's been communicated, but who knows?
0: No, fair enough too. And look, the, the beauty of him is what we're really talking about is he's got so much potential value baked into what you're investing for him. And even if it doesn't work out across the formats, there'll be a cow that you probably miss in your starting squad that you can go down to relatively easy. And Supercoach Jacob Hopper It is. more expensive. Dom Sheed, I know some are really bullish on, is only about 100 k more in Fantasy and Dream Team. So even if he doesn't come up to scratch or doesn't fly back to where we are projecting that he could, um, or a bunch of other different reasons, there's options in and around there. So some people go, I don't like mid prices or stepping stones because I can get stuck in no man's land. I'm telling you. You won't get stuck in no man's land in 2023. There are options comparable around him and there are options cheaper. Now that may be reasons people don't go near Warple, and that's fine in your starting squad.
1: But to say he's irrelevant, I think you might have missed a trick. Yeah, but how about this one MJ? And sometimes we look at the positives when we talk about relevance, eh? mm. we go, Oh yeah, if so-and-so, cause you're going to have to start him. Sure. But what happens if you do start him and he does continue on that poor form from last year? He's still relevant because you have forked out four or five hundred thousand or three hundred thousand in supercoach mm. to get fifties that a rookie can be getting you anyway. That's
0: yeah, true. Well, I and all of a sudden you
1: Yeah. And then you use a trade and you trade down or you trade up. However you do it, because there's many ways to skin this cat, as we know. He's yeah. still relevant. So if he gets off to a flyer, 100% 100. relevant. If he doesn't get off to a flyer and people are starting him, 100% Relevant. relevant. Like he's relevant no matter how you look at this.
0: Well, and that's the name of what this series is all about. It's not the top scoring players. It's not the highest averaging players. It's not the captaincy options, although all of these elements are a part of it. It's about the guys that are relevant to creating success for you in fantasy football across AFL Fantasy, Dream Team, and Supercoach. Just the other day, Mitch Duncan was probably more relevant in some of the formats than others the day before it. Ben Cunnington, more relevant in some of the formats over others. As we get closer and closer towards the top, people become even more relevant across it. And I think you're right, man. That's a really nice point to pick up on. Uh, Let's talk about what happens on draft day to him. We know, Rids, that there is a correlation between uh, if a guy gets a fair amount of classic or salary cap format hype, that that can impact where people snag him on draft day. If they're drafting by the averages of previous seasons, people will forget he's even there. But I, I've seen him as a mid to late flyer that could really provide some upside for, for some coaches on draft day.
1: So it's really going to depend on the setup of your draft league. Um, That's true. So if you've got a D, let's say it exists in draft league, if you've got um, for keepers, this is, um, and. You've got to delist players. I think a lot of people will be looking at delisting him, so he becomes very relevant in that draft format. Whereas if it's a single-season draft, it's going to be harder because, as you say, he's going to come later, 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 and he's probably going to be looking at your last midfield spot, maybe Mm. a little bit of bench depth, because there is a lot of players around that average that he averaged last year. That may very well be... Like Darcy Tucker is a perfect example, yeah? And he's got DPP. So he's going to be around that price tag. So it's all going to be, you need to look at the opposition in your draft, okay? So if someone's in a, if you've got a Hawthorne supporter in your draft and you know that there's been quite a bit of noise coming out of Hawthorne pre-season training around Warple, then there's every chance he's going to go a little bit earlier than what I would take him in a draft. Like, because yep. I'm a Tiger. And, like, we do this every year, yeah? Like, I mean, you would have been taking your Schoenbergs last year as an LA supporter because there was sure. a been a hype around him. Yeah. If he was in the same, you know, um, if he was still in the pool, in the range. with yeah. Warpool, pool, you would have gone Schoenberg because yeah, that's how you do it. So you do have to look at who's who's in the draft with you.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a a really good point. Uh, If you want to go and read any of the article on James Warple, uh, you can go and check it out online with all of the other players we've revealed from 45 through to 50 online now at coachespanel.tv. Hey, Rids, as always, mate, appreciate your work on this podcast. Easy ass, mate. If uh, you want to know a little clue for who's coming up tomorrow at 44, hang around for another 30 seconds and I'll tell you. But if you are loving the podcast and the articles you're getting from us this preseason, I encourage you to check out our Patreon supporter group for just a couple of dollars a month. It helps us do what we do, but you also get outside of the satisfaction of supporting the coaches panel, additional content, and depending on your tiers access to a whole bunch of other rewards, including getting these podcasts ahead of when they get released to the public. So if you want some of that action, uh, consider joining our Patreon. All the details and links for that are actually found within this podcast description. All right. Number 44 in the 50 most relevant. Who is he? I'll tell you this. There is about a 30-point split between what they did between round one and eight and what they did between round nine and 23. I'm talking over that 14 game stretch, a super coach average of 110 and an AFL fantasy of 103.3. We head to the midfield tomorrow in the 50 most relevant. Who is it? Well, you'll find out tomorrow.